I'm Julie Potowitz, CEO and founder of Grow Your Occupancy. Our passion is helping senior living providers maximize sales efforts and increase revenue. Join me as I chat with industry leaders who share their tips and strategies, and we'll have some fun along the way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Occupancy podcast. I'm Julie Podowitz, CEO and founder, and today, very excited to welcome the knowledgeable, the wonderful, and um, someone I admire very, very much, the admirable uh, Debbie (laughs) Howard to the show. Welcome, Debbie. Thanks, Julie. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We never run out of things to chat about sales and marketing and growing occupancy. (laughs) That, and you know, I don't know what that says about us, Debbie, but that's one of our favorite topics. I know. Right? Yeah. You know, the um, every time, well, first of all, Debbie is the co founder and CEO of Senior Living Smart. She has a vast background in the space. Uh, she'll tell us a little bit about all of that. Um, I just want to jump in though, because Debbie, uh, we've known each other, been colleagues, and it, we've been mutual customers. You've been a customer of mine, I've been a customer of yours, our yeah. clients, um, colleagues yeah. admire you um, and your knowledge. And one thing that, you know, every time we're on the phone in whatever capacity or virtual or in, in person, I learn something. You, you bring the latest you know, what you're learning always to, to the conversation. I was just curious to jump right in. Sure. What are you learning right now? What can you share with us? So I think that one of the biggest learnings is that, uh, you know, we're really pivoting uh, from a customer that was the go along, get along generation, the silent generation uh, to really that leading edge of the boomer. And we have to uh, really acknowledge that pivot and make some uh, some decisions about changing the way that we've been that we're going to market in in the future. Um, so the people who are successful right now um, and are really seeing the the benefits of that are re- are realigning their strategy and their tactics uh, to make it easier for prospects to find them, engage with them, and choose them. Um, and so. It kind of, it forces, you know, I think that the the generational difference forced um, some change in marketing strategy and tactics. And then certainly the pandemic accelerated a lot of changes that frankly, we probably should have done a few years ago um, in, uh, you know, offering more variety and more choice, um, more channels for people to to find us and engage with us. Um, But certainly there's a lot there's a lot to do to meet prospects where they are today and give them the experience that they expect. Where are they? You know, meeting them where they are today. Can you speak to kind of where they are and how to meet them where they are? Yeah. So they really are on it's it's search social and email and I would say I would add text to that. That's where people are hanging out. And so you have to have the right message at the right time on the right channel with the right consistency and cadence to be top of mind. Um, You know, years ago, it was great. It was like yellow pages and the church bulletin and, you know, (laughs) signage and (laughs) all that traditional marketing. And there is a place, you know, for traditional marketing, certainly direct mail still has a role. Um, But I would say allocation of budget uh, a little more heavily in the digital space. 
um, more investment in video. Video humanizes your brand. Um, there's just a lot more creativity. Um, you know, now that, that you have to have a plan for, you have to have a strategy um, and you have to work with the team that's going to really um, deliver you on all those channels with the right message at the right time to meet that prospect. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, you think about today, I was thinking about, uh, you know, driving to work today. And, you know, if I want to go out for dinner tonight, I can go online, I can look at restaurants, I can look, I can search by geography, I can search by cuisine, I can look at their menu, I can look at their wine list, their cocktails, I can kind of picture myself being there, I can get reviews, I can look at photos that people have taken of their meals, I can go on and see, you know, what, what people are recommending, oh, you have to get this dish or that dish. I can, you know, share it with people I'm having dinner with. I can look at the distance. I can make my entire decision online. Yeah. And if they're a really good restaurant, I can make a reservation for inside or outside. I can, I can do curbside. I can do pickup and bring it to the park. I can bring it home. I can, you know, I can do resi. I can do open table. And, you know, restaurants have pivoted and figured out how to make it easy for me to choose them. Uh -huh. And I am going to choose the restaurant that makes it easy for me, right? If you're going to force me to call or, you know, I can't see a menu or what, I'm going to move on. Um, and I just feel like that's the opportunity that our industry has right now. Um, and the people that are going to that level of, of awareness and service to the prospect to make it easy for them to engage with you and choose you, they're going to get the market share. But there's still a lot of old school mentality um, that that is pervasive out there. Just as an aside, uh, I, it, you're speaking my language. I, a, a colleague very generously is coming to town and said, choose, choose a restaurant. And I live outside of Nashville. So mm. and, and much like very a lot of major cities, lots to choose from. I have a list. I have a list of dreams. She said, whatever dream restaurant. I did exactly what you're saying. I'm not sure what it says to, about me, but I look at the cocktail menu. For right. Yeah. Right. How fun are the cocktails? But I did exactly the same thing. And it happens to be on a Sunday night where she, when she's in town. So quite a few of them weren't, weren't open on Sunday, but I did make that reservation. Yeah. Uh, what, so, um, gosh, so much is going in my mind when you were talking. Um, what about ratings? Right. So I'm thinking of that restaurant again. Yeah. Uh, what, talk to me about how important ratings are for yeah. senior living and, and how, you know, where ever, I think a lot of us know about Google rating, right. Yeah. But in senior living, where, where can people rate you? I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Great question. Ratings are really important because they are the social proof. You are not going to go to a restaurant with a 3.9 star rating. You're not. You're going to pass it right over and say, nope. The good news is you don't have to have a five-star rating. It's very hard. A lot of people don't believe five-star ratings. It's almost too good to be true. So you're really looking at a sweet spot between like, you know, 4.2 or 4.3 to 4.5, I think that the, the biggest mistake that providers make is that they're not intentional about having a strategy to get reviews and encourage people and make it easy for people to give you reviews. <laughs> so, you know, 
certainly um, you know, the most important parts are you know driving people to your Google business profile. It used to be called Google My Business. They've changed their name again. But the Google business profile is the second most important digital presence to have right behind your website. Um, it's certainly Yelp and Facebook social proof, trust, and then even how Google ranks, you know, when somebody puts in a search like assisted living near me, it's looking at those ratings. It's saying, who am I going to recommend to this person based on, I know their IP address. There's nothing we can do with proximity, right? That's built in. We can't move where the community is, but then it's looking for, you know, where does your website and, and your digital presence rate for expertise, authority, and trust? And when they see those trust elements of those good reviews and new reviews, and you know there are technologies that will pull, you can control what you, what's being seen on your website. You can say, I wanna show all four and five star reviews that have a comment, and I want them to be pulled in real time over to the website. So the Google bots that are looking at your website are like, wow, there's a lot of great reviews and they're current, um, rather than having static testimonials, uh, you know, that kind of people don't really buy those like, oh, a happy daughter says, <laughs> but, when, <laughs> but when you know that it, it you know, it was verified you not know, by Google or by Facebook, uh, it, the, your social proof improves, but you have to be intentional. There have to be ways for, you know, to give people opportunities to review you or to remind um, that we, you know, would mean the world to us. If you had a great tour or after 30 days after move-in, let us know how we did. Um, so I think it's, it's really about not just hoping people refer, because a lot of times I'll see, oh, this, this uh, community has a 4.7, but it only has three reviews and they haven't had any reviews in two years. That's not going to do it for you. <laughs> got it. Got it. You know, Debbie, the, um, I think I'll, I'll put myself in this category, but certainly been educated so much by you, your team and uh, experts like yourself in the business that the, uh, I think most of us understand pay-per-click, right? So when, like you said, assisted living near me, right? Um, and, and, and rising to the top of that list. Yeah. Uh, but there are, that, that's only a one component, right? It's not just who pays the most money, right? It's about to, yes. maybe you can teach us a learn or uh, kind of remind me because you talked about and your content is fantastic. Uh, I know, and there's other great, uh, you know, providers that provide content, but that's so important. Can you talk about that component, the, the non-paid part of rising to the top or being really visible? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, where you want to have most of your traffic and most of your conversions from is organic. And organic, they, those leads are exclusive to you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you and you're you're pulling them in. You're, you know, there's inbound marketing and outbound marketing. And what content is? Content is a way for you to uh, really position yourself as an authority, um, a great resource to families. And you know, publishing blogs on a regular basis, um, you know, will significantly increase your organic traffic. Having gated premium content, guides and eBooks and infographics and checklists and uh, financial calculators, you know, anything that you're producing, number one, it improves your SEO because all of that content should be intentionally SEO optimized. 
um, to be pulling in the keywords that people typically use in search and represent your lifestyles and levels of care. Um, but all of that content also helps Google make those decisions, even for paid advertising. The amount that you pay for your, your pay-per-click campaigns is somewhat dependent on how trustworthy and how much authority your website has. You can get charged 1.2% more than the going rate for a Google ad campaign because your website doesn't have any authority. It's not good. It's not easy to navigate. You don't have any good content. Your ratings are poor. So Google's going to say, yeah, we'll serve up your ad, but it's going to cost you a lot more because it's not a good website and people are not having a positive experience. Whereas if you have, you know, really good authority, you'll get a discount on your Google ads. And most people aren't even aware of that. So it's important to really understand what is your authority score with Google? And then, you know, what are the levers that you can pull uh, to, to influence that? There are a lot of moving pieces and parts. And can you um, maybe speak to somebody, either an owner operator or even an, an individual, maybe a sales director, an executive director, just leaning into this and, and maybe it all sounds a little too much. What, like some advice, maybe just get started. What, what would you say? I would say, first of all, you need to have a system. I think too often what I see is people just throwing tactics against the wall. We'll get calls like, Hey, Debbie, can you run this uh, pay-per-click campaign for me? And I'm like, well, what's your strategy? What's your goal? Who is your audience? What level of care are you looking to generate leads from? Are these awareness campaigns? Are these conversion campaigns? They have no idea. Just run me a campaign. Yeah. There's no strategy behind it. And then I'll look at their website. Their website is not optimized for conversions. It doesn't have content, doesn't have landing pages. So I can really track my results. Their Google Analytics aren't hooked up. So I'm not going to be able to give them an ROI. And I usually politely say, no, I can't just give you this campaign because it would be like marketing malpractice. <laughs> just open your window, take your budget, throw it out. And then take the elevator down and collect your money, put it back in your pocket because it's not going to do it for you. You need to have a strategy and you need to understand how each marketing channel works and, and how you're going to impact it. So, you know, we have um, we have a system. The, the center of that system is strategy. We don't start any tactics until we have a strategy, until we understand your ideal persona. Um, who do we want to attract? Who, who typically converts? And how do we get more people that look like people who've chosen your brand in the past? Once we understand your persona, then we'll, the first thing we do is, is optimize the website for conversions. Um, so we make it more engaging and more interactive and easier to navigate. We'll look at uh, technical issues like speed, loading speed, especially on mobile and SEO. Once we have the website really shored up, then we'll move into content, create a content calendar with the right keywords. What blogs are we writing? What premium content are we generating? You know, do you have photography that we can turn into a virtual tour? Like there's all kinds of content, right? So surveys and um, videos and Content is king. You know, we looked at a report yesterday and all of the major influencers that, that prospects are interacting with were all content. So making your brochure available for downloads, some, some things are super simple, quick wins. 
Um, and then we move into email because once we convert them, we have to nurture them. It takes 22 touch points from the first time somebody engages with your brand to decision. So we have to have a way of supplementing and complementing what the sales team is doing with building relationships face-to-face -face and voice-to-voice -voice with having a constant cadence of drip campaigns, newsletters, blogs, informational uh, things to help people make an informed decision. Then we look at local search, Google business profile, all the things that trigger local search. Most of our search is local. People move in from five to 15 miles. You gotta own that map and three pack right under the ads. Uh, and then we go into social and then paid campaigns is really last because we don't want to spend your money until you have a great website that's built for conversion that you're going to be able to nurture people when they convert. So I think having a system makes everybody just feel a, a, like marketing isn't fluffy. Like I really understand each channel and how to impact it. And you should be able to measure the ROI of every channel and every penny you're spending. Sure. No, I, it sounds... Uh really to first of all know where you want to go and yes we want to go for greater occupancy increasing revenue and maximizing rent but it, it sounds to me like the equivalent of like just let, let's do a paid paid campaign yes. is kind of the equivalent of let, let's let's just pay to get some more leads when we don't have a system in place to like you're talking about 22 touch points uh, from a from a sales perspective, a marketing and sales perspective, to uh, move more of those leads in, right? Or you can yeah. generate all the leads you want. So it's the same thing with pay per click or pay campaign. Uh, you know, work with a really reputable company who will um, look after you uh, or your needs or understand, right? Your yeah objectives or help you understand your objectives right yeah um, yeah, yeah i mean this, i got an email yesterday can you can you give me a price to write me one blog a month and one something i can't even remember what it was and i'm like no it's not going to make any difference it's not going to move the needle i am not doing that <laughs> just it just doesn't make any sense. So if you have people that are just trying to sell you a blog or sell you a newsletter or sell you a widget if there's not a strategy and there's not follow-up and it's, it's not going to end up converting for you, if, it, if it's not part of a strategy in a system, I would say that's a red flag. Thank you for that advice. <laughs> um, what, um, I mean, we had talked for so long and there's so many questions um, that I have, but I was curious around um, challenges that you're uh, that, that when people are coming to you like owner operators or uh, you know single you know singly owned what are the, the greatest challenges you're hearing now like why are they picking up the phone to call you so I think the and we love working with startups it's so fun because you get to kind of help develop their brand and their logo and their values and their you know sales collaterals, it's like super fun to do that. Um, but they usually need more advice than just marketing. And I think they need to know like what system, what CRM do I choose? What and how important is it to have 3D floor plans? Like a lot of it is just a, a consulting 
more, you know, just educating and consulting. There's a, there, as you know, there are many people that are getting into senior housing. They're taking a look at the demographics. Right. They're taking a look at, you know, this next wave that everyone says is right around the corner <laughs> and everyone wants to build and get in, but, you know, they really don't have an understanding always of um, the industry. So we do a lot of just education around so many things that are really outside the scope of marketing just to help set them up for success. People are renovating hotels. They're trying to get into the home, uh, residential home space. Um, and honestly, they, they just need a lot of advice. It's not just marketing. Um, it's really understand this, understanding the seniors housing and care space in general and helping them make the right decisions. Because in startup, you have like one chance to pick the right you know, EHR or to pick the right CRM or pick the right you know, experience. And uh, it's, it's always expensive to go back later and realize you've made a poor choice. So I would say a lot of what we do is, um, is really falls beyond just typical marketing to, to help them position their community for success. Cause it's hard if you, you know, if you're competing against a publicly traded well-known brand, that's just a marketing machine and just has the money to pour in and you're a startup coming into the market and you have, you, you can't play the card of experience and, you know, resources, you know, you have to have a different value proposition and you have to know how to position that. You know, yes, we only have one community, but we're in that community every day. We're part of the local, you know, we live here. Our kids go to school here. Um, you know, the big box stores aren't going to have that kind of personal um, relationship. So it's really helping people position um, themselves according to, you know, their strength. Um, what is, you know, as, as you've got a lot of data, I know you work with hundreds of clients, but the... Um, end customer, end user, adult child, or you know, prospect. What are you seeing them download or you know look at most on the sites that that and the all of the data that you're uh, for the clients that you work with? What do, what do they want to know? Yeah. So I think the 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 biggest learning is that this generation in general, and also accelerated by the pandemic, people want to to be anonymous as long as possible and get information, they expect transparency. So they want to be able to get onto your website. They want to be able to understand what you do, how much it's going to cost, how you differentiate, what's included. They want to look at floor plans. Um, they want to read blogs. They want to understand your brand position. They look a lot at the about me section. When we heat map um, a, a, a corporate website, it's amazing what lights up. I mean, what lights up is everyone goes to the communities and that's our job to get people from the homepage to select a community because that's where you convert them on the community page. Right. But they also want to know who's, who's behind this. So um, they look at, they download a lot of brochures. Um, I know we were looking yesterday at a, at a client and, you know, 400 people downloaded a brochure and, you know, all these people, all this traffic was driven to the website. So guides and eBooks and infographics, videos, um, they love video and you know, any kind of video content. And it doesn't have to be produced. It's, it's informal. It's real. Like I would love, and I you know we, we talked, Julie, a lot about the role of the regional director. And, you know, when a regional director is doing a site visit, capture those little moments, go and interview the chef. Hey, chef, what's for lunch today? You know, go in and catch an activity and just take those moments, those 
little moments that happen in every community. We often ask the community folks to do it and they just either don't have time or they don't feel comfortable with technology right. or they overthink it, they, they make it more complicated. But anytime we visit a community, those are moments just to stop you know, a resident in the hall and you know, tell me about your day. What do you love about living here? Those are super powerful. Um, so I would say that that's, that's a really good thing. But people do um, want to get information independ independently until they're ready to engage with the sales interaction. Um, so I think one of the worst mistakes that we still see is that providers push all the leads into the CRM. Yeah. If you push them all into the CRM, they all look the same. And the poor salesperson goes, well, which ones... How do I prioritize? Which ones are have higher intent? But today you can use lead scoring and you can segment people out and let people choose where they are in their decision journey. And you have to honor it. It's when we try to trick people, that drives me absolutely crazy. You know, we tell them, hey, you can just download a brochure if you're not ready to call, because we give them options, right? Today's prospect wants options and they want choice and they want to be independent. So we say, hey, you can click to call if you're ready. Um, you can schedule a tour. You can request a call back if you want to speak to sales, but now is not really the best time. Or you can just download a brochure or download a guide. <clears throat> if you trick people. Right, right. And you say, you know, you can get this brochure, but you make a phone number required. You're going to drive your conversions down because if they wanted to call you, they would have clicked to call you. Right. <laughs> they had those choices. But a lot of people, you know, that old school mentality of trying to control the sales process and push people down a funnel, you yeah. are going to lose every time with that mentality. So I would just say offer choice, respect and honor the prospect and, and really have a heart to align yourself with your prospects and walk alongside them and help them make an informed decision and you'll win. One of the things, Debbie, that uh, on a lot of owner investor calls and uh, yes. for uh, for clients who uh, are like Vitality, for example, who are very far along in this journey of, you know, is looking at continuing to, to improve and grow that the total number of leads, especially with acquisitions, right? Yes. With acquisitions, we'll see that the total number of leads probably will decrease. But what we yes. see is the conversions are increasing. So if the investor whose total lead volume is kind of the sales metric that that uh, is most common or they mm -hmm. can relate to the most, uh-oh, what's happening? Yeah. You know, we went from 100 leads a month to 50. Um, it's red flags. But in fact, we actually had more, you know, higher tours, you know, more deposits. And because to your point, the number of leads going into that sales qualified, which doesn't necessarily mean move-in qualified, right? But talk right. to qualified so that our salespeople are, uh, that we're helping to, you know, them do what they do best and need to do, right? Is spend time with our customers. It makes, it makes sense. It's just, it's a, uh, we, we need to constantly attend to it, right? We need to constantly, there's some things that don't change, great, solid fundamentals of relationships and, and, and all of that, but there's things that change uh, and, and data and things that we need to study and, and be um, willing to you know, strategize, pivot, and um, talk to great uh, experts like you who um, 
are, are always learning as well as many years as you've been doing this and I really appreciate Debbie you taking time to talk to me today and all of us. I love learning from you and I'm definitely want to have you on again and um, maybe toward the end of the year like what else are you learning and, and uh, fill us in on the latest and greatest. Um, Debbie, thanks again so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. And yeah, I'd love to do a, a year in review or a look forward to 2023. What's on the horizon? That'd be a lot of fun. And thanks for having me on, Julie. It's my pleasure, Debbie. Thank you.